ulterior. I'm going to keep it a stack with all of you. I kind of expected to come on this episode this week and be, like, ultimately bitter about the Super Bowl, but I I really can't be mad at what happened. You know, yeah, it kind of sucks because I was, like, really, really hoping Bengals would win, but there, there's no way to be uh, in uproar over uh, the Rams getting this and for Stafford to finally have that moment, OBJ to finally get that moment. You know, it was a really, really good game. I was... Thoroughly entertained by every single second of it, pretty much. And yeah, n- nothing but love for, you know, both organizations. They were in the Super Bowl for a reason. Uh, I was also entertained by the entire league putting Eli Apple in a pack afterwards. That was pretty cool. And, you know, the next decade of the league looks insanely promising because, like, not just Burrow, but then throw in, like, Jackson and Herbert, Allen, uh, Mahomes, like, this is going to be really, really fucking entertaining to watch, and I genuinely cannot wait to see everything unfold. Uh, the one thing about the Super Bowl that I will slander, however, is The Rock, because motherfuckers showed up looking like a goddamn plum, and whoever made the call for 50 Cent to be hanging upside down for as long as he was, like, that's a little out of pocket, man. Uh, but, you know, everything was cool, otherwise, great game, great halftime show, uh, commercials were alright, I guess, I don't really pay too much attention to, to them anymore, but, you know, it'd be what it'd be. So, for this week's episode, we are going to look at singles from the likes of Lolo, Spite, Just Friends, In Hearts Wake, Dane, a couple of others, and then new records from, once again, let me pull this up just to make sure I have everything accurate as can be. Uh, it's a lighter week, only four records as opposed to seven or nine or however many had been previously. Uh, new records from Envisions, Weather State, Mercy, and Dead American. So, yeah, thanks everybody. Enjoy this chapter. Something that happened last week in the scene that I could have made mention of, but I didn't, was the performance by Ed Sheeran and Bring Me the Horizon on Sheeran's song, Bad Habits. And I kind of just glossed over because I thought like, okay, that's a really, really cool, neat, interesting thing that happened to us. But I don't really know like if it's going to lead to anything, what comes out of this. So I'll just leave it alone for right now. Um, the... As of right now, end result of all that is an actual studio version of that performance. It's supposed to be going up on Spotify this Friday, uh, February 15th, 18th rather. Um, and I legitimately cannot wait for that. I think that has a lot of potential or potential. I've already heard the performance. I know it's really good. Um, it's very out there and interesting and the promotion for this single per se with ollie and ed sheeran on a facetime call together it was just like kind of surreal i guess to see bring me the horizon existing in that stratosphere granted i've always known that they could do that and i i've always wanted that for them but to actually see it happening is it's jarring but it's a good jarring and i am excited for more people to to be able to have the chance to hear this so uh i'm gonna go ahead and get into some singles now uh the first one i want to talk about comes from lolo and maggie lineman is called debbie downer she said the life out of 
sad and weird It's me, Debbie Debbie Downer Rain cloud floating all around her Here and now, saying that girl is too aggressive Too, too aggressive I've spoken very highly about both of these artists at various points in this show over the last year, Maggie especially, but I feel like Lolo genuinely deserves like all of the acclaim in the world that not only I have given her, but then, you know, so many others out there because Lolo is doing a lot of really, really cool, neat, interesting things. Uh, her EP from last year, Overkill, a kind of a hidden gem in my eyes. I think that record, not even I really showed it, you know, the proper amount of love and admiration. Otherwise it would have been in the 50 for the top, uh, year endless, but, um, she's insanely talented. This song featuring Maggie, Debbie Downer, it's, so catchy and really speaks to the pop punk revival stuff happening, but it speaks to it in a way that does not feel like, uh, you know, fabricated, artificial, commercial, any of those terms. It's just a straight up pop punk banger and a complete fucking jam. I think, uh, both Lolo and Maggie deliver everything that they meant to. Uh, Maggie's feature in the second verse just it is so definitive of who I believe she is as an artist. Everything that went into the song, not just the song, but also the music video and like the admittedly like cheesy played out high school setting, yet it just fits so perfectly into the narrative of Debbie Downer. And this is easily going to be a song that stays on repeat for me for a very, very long time. Brand new single from Spite. This one is called Caved In. So I've gone into this topic a little bit before, but at this stage of my scene fandom, it's so easy for me to just become desensitized to all avenues of heavy music and just feel like a lot of what I hear nowadays is like very the same as one another. There's not a ton of innovation. With Caved In, I feel like Spite delivered the exact kind of heavy song that I can just default to at any point, no matter what the mood is, what I listened to prior. Like, this is such a fucking treat of, like, a palate cleanser that I... Like, like listening to this song on, on repeat, it never once got boring and never grew tired of it. I was just enamored by Caved In every single step of the way. Uh, I think Spite is doing a lot of really, really neat stuff so far this year. This follows Made to Please, which was another single that I think the world of, and then with the uh, instance of caved in, I just feel so, uh, like attached to spite in a way that I didn't beforehand. Um, you know, everything about caved in, just like the, the different like changes happening throughout it, how fucking brutal it sounds, the like harmonization in that brutality and just the way that despite this song being so, being so uh, chaotic and heavy, it all just like feels so uh, cohesive at the same time. And you don't get that with every single heavy release. So I am glad that Caved In is able to, um, you know, uh, nurture that little uh, need of mine for heavy music. And yeah, Caved In is incredible. Spite is on a run right now. And there's definitely a lot to look forward to from this band this year. Let's take a second to talk about Honey, the brand new single from Just Friends featuring Nate Curry. Eres 
I'm going to say this about honey and it's not a, like an analogy or a comparison that I would have been able to like visualize or uh, just even, you know, somewhat grasp without having heard the song prior. Uh, gym class heroes and polyphia. That is what I get out of honey and I can't get enough of it for that matter. I think the the groove nature to this track and just like how easy it flows and how different it sounds compared to anything else I re- reviewed this week or this year alone. Honey is the kind of song that's able to like really stand out on its own and develop its own character. And I always ask for singles and songs to do that. Like establish an identity, be different, be bold, and Honey is all of those things. This song is fucking incredible. Um, there is a lot to be excited for with this new Just Friends record called Hella out on March 4th, and yeah, like if you haven't heard Honey yet or anything off of this upcoming album, go check it out. Just Friends is destined to be that fucking band this year. Uh, so there was like this expanded or deluxe edition of Caliuga by Inhart's Wake that dropped last Friday. Uh, there were three new songs featured on it. I want to single out one of them right now called War. Maybe I've been overlooking Caliuga this whole time in the year and a half since it dropped. Uh, maybe I haven't, but either way, this is about war and only war. Um, this song is fucking incredible. Uh, there is a lot of what I love so much about In Heart's Wake, uh, you know, all throughout war. Um, the heaviness that is like so, uh, important and vital to the message of In Heart's Wake and everything that they do. Um, the beauty of the chorus and just like how giant and like arena ready it sounds. And I know like arena ready kind of feels like the thing that a lot of metalcore bands go for, but In Heart's Wake takes that sound and just molds this like pure masterpiece through everything that they do when it comes to like the clean choruses and that kind of stuff. I think In Heart's Wake really have cemented themselves in the scene in that aspect. Um, just an all around really, really good metalcore song. And, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be down for that shit. Um, so for as good as In Heart's Wake are, maybe, you know, they don't really, uh, have the backing or the audience to really show just how talented they can be. But, uh, you know, continue onwards with songs like War and whatever is going to follow with, uh, their next album whenever that drops. Um, in Heart's Wake, they've got good things coming for them. I, I truly believe that. Uh, Dane, I, I don't believe I've given them a ton of love or lip service on this show up to this point, but hopefully we can start doing that more regularly, especially through the new single called New Ground.
my discovery of Dane was a couple months ago, back when she dropped Salt, which featured Ollie Sykes from Bring Me the Horizon, and thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with that Shrek, and I loved the, like, emo take on, like, electronic-based pop music, and that's kind of the same thing that's happening here with New Ground. I think Dane is doing an excellent job at crafting her own sound and finding what works for her, and expanding on that. Uh, I, I also just found out the other day, she's insanely young like 18 or 19 and to think that somebody at that age can already be this good at what she's doing like there's genuinely no telling what the future holds for her and just how uh you know the the capabilities of her kind of wrapping this whole scene around her finger and us just kind of like watching in complete astonishment at what dane is able to achieve another new single out by wolves at the gate this time it is peace that starts the war So this is yet another track that is meant to be featured on Eulogies, the brand new Wolves at the Gate record out March 11th. And with every passing single, like I'm just more and more sold on the concepts of Eulogies and what it seems like this record is going to be able to do for Wolves at the Gate. And uh, just the way that like they kind of craft a sound that is not entirely unique to themselves. I can definitely point to that most recent bad, or as of right now, the most recent bad omens album, uh, finding God before God finds me. And that kind of like straightforward, like, uh, you know, I don't want to say like radio rock, but like metal core that kind of steers into that direction. But I, I think Wolves of the Gate are doing an excellent job with that kind of sound again. Um, just nothing but bangers from this band. I absolutely adore them. And, you know, I have for a really long time. And this kind of, like the past few singles for Wolves of the Gate, these have been the first instances of me actually being able to come on the show and praise them the way that I want to. And I don't see any reason why come the episode from March 11th, where I get to talk about eulogies, that's not going to be the case at large for the whole album. The final single that I will be going in depth on is Tell Me You're Sorry by Real Friends. This is a fucking killer-ass track, dude. Uh, Real Friends is a band that, admittedly, I don't have the kind of attachment to them that uh, I see others do, and that's definitely something that I need to work on, and hopefully the future of this act can provide that for me, or rather provide the opening for me to be able to finally do that. Uh, but Tell Me You're Sorry, it's so rooted in like the angst side of pop punk that has always spoken to me ever since I was first exposed to this kind of music back in like, you know, the mid to late 2000s. Uh, it, it's just like kind of like fast paced, energetic, while still being so catchy and infectious all the way through. Lyrically, it's fucking just like uh, so uh, like emotional, it tucks at the heartstrings. I'll leave it up to you to fuck this up again. You pushed me off the edge, but never cared how far I'd fallen. You're a coward with a broken promise and probably thought that I'd forgotten. And, you know, just everything about this song, like, really, really just kind of speaks to me, like I already said. Uh, this is the kind of song that, you know, if this came out, like, when I was, like, you know, transitioning to high school and kind of, like, starting to feel, like, emo and angst for the first time, 
this would have kind of been the soundtrack to my life and no uh you know uh, no shame in that whatsoever. Tell Me You're Sorry is an incredible song, and hopefully there's more of this caliber coming from Real Friends in the future. These were the remaining singles on social media last week that I gave either a 4 or a 5 to in the weekly reviews. Broken by Aviva featuring the Tech Thieves, Frozen by Benny Main featuring Jutes, Drag Me Down by Kane Hill, Gimme Danger by Crossfaith featuring Ralph, Realistic Flesh Mask by Crown Magnetar featuring Nick Arthur, The Dancer by Defamed, Premium Offer by Drug Church, Ugly by Ghost Kid, Respect by Heart to Gold, Torn in Two by In Heart's Wake, Rest in Pieces by Kelly Carter featuring Goody Grace, You've Met with a Terrible Fate, Haven't You by Last Night in Akiba, Stop Stealing Our Concepts by Notion featuring Die 65, 93 by Profiler, Don't Fall in Love with Me by Story Untold, Lone Survivor by The Rex, More by Through Arteries, Nobody Said by Trophy Eyes, Amy by Two Feet, Caviar by Two Feet, You've Got a Thing for Narcissist by Us in Motion, and Beautiful by Wind Waker. There was no single from last week that fell be- below that four rating, so this is genuinely like a really, really strong week for singles. I enjoyed a lot of what I got to listen to last week, and I, I-, I like that for this podcast. You know, let's keep up that energy, hopefully, through the remainder of the season. And so, you know, the singles being out the way now, I'm going to go ahead and get into the records. There were only four this week, and... You know, it's a lighter week. That's kind of the reason why I made the Punkos Pop episode. Uh, If you haven't heard it yet, please go check it out where I rank my 10 favorite songs from Punkos Pop. Uh, But right now we're going to focus on the present day, the modern day, the current day. And I'm going to go ahead and start with the single EP from last week, that being Subtle Fiction 2 by Mercy. This is following up on Subtle Fiction back in, I don't remember the exact month that it dropped, but it was a 2021 release, and the thing that I remember standing out the most from that EP was the single Never Coming Back, and how I felt like that was the best showcase of Mercy's abilities and capabilities, uh, and it was kind of what sold me on this band, because I don't remember having heard of them prior to that single, yet that uh, experience with Never Coming Back was what made me decide to check out Subtle Fiction, and I really, really did enjoy it, and I thought it was a cool way for me to learn about this new band and get a good taste of, like, who they are. Um, if you're coming into Subtle Fiction 2 having never heard of Mercy before, I feel like this is going to do a lot of what that EP did for me, uh, for you, in the sense that this is a great way to get to know them. Uh, so there were three singles of this six-track EP prior, Stallion, Manhattan, and China Tiger. I think with Stallion and Manhattan, you get a good glimpse of what I would say is the predominant Mercy sound, and how it's like kind of like indie rock inspired, but then there's like some hints of uh, pop music uh, laced throughout those tracks. Just really, really catchy, really cool. And then with China Tiger, you get those same vibes, yet there's just like a little bit more rock implemented. Uh... And the instrumentation picks up with China Tiger, but it's done so in a way that retains all of the beauty and like the atmosphere that makes uh, Stallion and Manhattan the great songs that they are. 
The other three's non-single tracks here, uh, Venice Beach, the opener, that falls into what I was mentioning with Stallion and, Stallion and Manhattan in like the, you know, that indie pop, uh, flair that's going for those tracks. That's very much so present in Venice Beach as well. And for in, uh, like an intro song, the opening track for Subtle Fiction 2, I think that is a very good way to kind of like hold your hand and guide you through what makes Mercy the great act that they are. Don't be gentle. That one is similar to China Tiger in the sense of like, there's a little bit more instrumentation going on. It's just like a little bit, uh, not even heavier. That's not the word I want to use, but like, um, it feels like just more like impactful, I guess, when it comes to those like types of beats and rhythms. Uh, and then the closing song, Dance. Such an appropriate name for that song because that one has like this danceable factor to it that like hearing that song, what it reminded me the most of, and I don't know who would remember this act if any of you knew of them, uh, Walk the Moon. A couple years ago, they had a really, really big song called Shut Up and Dance. And that, that is what dance ended up reminding me of. It has like that indie and pop sensibility to it. Easily something that I could Im- imagine like getting radio airplay in like a mainstream sense. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but, uh, you know, Dance by Mercy has every right to be that big. It's just such a really good, infectious track that is, like, so easy to get lost in. And I think that phrase, so easy to get lost in, sums up my thoughts overall about Subtle Fiction 2. It's just really fucking easy to get through. Uh, you know, six tracks. Uh, I don't remember the exact runtime, but it's not long at all. Just, like, you know, put it on. Uh, you can put this on as, like, background noise, and you're going to end up, like, paying more attention to this than whatever you intended to have, like, be your primary uh, goal for that particular time. Um, Mercy's doing a lot of really, really, really good things, really cool things. Having the backing of Rise Records definitely helps get this out to people within the scene who maybe wouldn't hear something like this otherwise. And... I really want to see more out of Mercy in the future. Uh, if there's going to be like a Subtle Fiction 3 or maybe uh, a full-length album, that would be really cool in the future. But for right now, the material that we got from Mercy on Subtle Fiction 2 is more than enough to hold me off until they move into the next phase of their tenure. Um, let's go into some metalcore right now and talk about the new album from Envisions called Deadlock. I was genuinely surprised that I had not heard of Envisions prior to Deadlock's release. Um, or not necessarily haven't heard of them, but like, I, I checked my Spotify to see if I had any other songs from Envisions prior to Deadlock saved, and nothing came up. So this was the first time that I gave like a full listening experience to Envisions. I want to say that, uh, I made a TikTok about a month ago about like some records from this year that I'm looking forward to. And I want to say somebody in the comment section mentioned Envisions, and I didn't really think twice about it because I just assumed that I had already covered them in some manner on this podcast. I talk about so many different bands, uh, you know, here on Alternate the Show that it kind of like all gets like lost together if it's a band that I don't have an attachment to. Um, the, the goal is to end up having attachments to those bands. And I will say right now, I don't really know what the attachment to Envisions is. And that is where some of the material gets lost on me in some way, because, uh, there are a lot of, uh, not a lot of, but there are some tracks here that are really cool. And I understand what they're going for. And if you're like, so 
invested in that metalcore sound and you're just looking for some straight up fucking metalcore you're gonna get what you're looking for out of this but for me somebody who appreciates some like innovation when it comes to metalcore i don't really know if i heard a ton of that here with deadlock specifically the songs uh the 669 uh dvpe and the title track deadlock I felt like there was just something about those songs that were maybe kind of like, I don't want to say holding back the concepts, but, uh, so take Annihilist for an example, the third track. Annihilist is my favorite song on this record. I feel like that song takes those metalcore elements and just kind of refines them to perfection. And then when the clean chorus comes in, it's not like so enchanting in the same way that some other metalcore bands, like maybe Bad Omens, are able to ca uh, capture that kind of a sound. But it still works incredibly well, and I was able to go back to Annihilist time and time again this past week and just find new things to adore about it. Yet, with those aforementioned three songs, The 669, DVPE, and Deadlock, I don't hear that. And then even with a song that I gave a 5 out of 5 to in the reviews, Half-Life, uh, I kind of think maybe that one doesn't even like hold up to Annihilist. Um, so, you know, some of these material, some of the material here, some of these concepts, they feel fleshed out but maybe not fleshed out for my particular taste. And that's not to say that any of this is bad, it's just maybe sometimes not for me, but then there are some songs, aside from Annihilus, that feel like they're perfectly crafted for my taste. So uh, Last Light and Dealer, I think those two songs do a really, really good job at creating this giant atmosphere that allows the metalcore nature of Deadlock to really shine and flourish. And some of the some some of that same stuff is happening with the closing song "Fall with Me," which beforehand I get into that song. The interlude before that, "Inertia," I absolutely adore the way that "Inertia" perfectly bleeds into "Fall with Me." It's just this great back-to-back uh, -back sequence for the closing phase of Deadlock. And then with Fall With Me, you get more of that atmosphere that I'm talking about, but then I think that song has some of the best and coolest instrumentation moments on Deadlock. Uh, towards the end, it's not a breakdown, but it's just like this, uh, kind of like a, like a class or a clinic on how to go about like a really epic sounding instrumentation in metalcore. Uh, so I thought that did a really, really good job at helping Fall With Me stand out in the best of ways. And I, I, I think that notion, stand out in the best of ways, there are some moments on Deadlock where I feel like that is what Envisions achieves, and then there are some where I feel like the material is just like kind of steering a little bit away from what it is that I look for in Metalcore. Um, I, I, I don't really know the staying power of this album. I don't think I'm going to end up feeling strongly in favor or, or more strongly in favor of it as time progresses throughout this year. Um, but I also don't know if I'm going to end up feeling like uh, you know, less than stellar about this record. I feel like that 8 out of 10 I gave it on social media, that is the perfect place for it right now, and I feel like that's just going to stay constant throughout the rest of the season. Um, it's a good metalcore album, and I, again, if you're just looking for just some straight-up fucking metalcore, this is for you, definitely. Um, some of it is not for me, but then some of it, I can acknowledge, Envisions has something here, and there is a lot of potential within this band, and I want to see that be fulfilled throughout the next phase of whatever it is that uh, Envisions will be doing past Deadlock. I'm going to get into an album right now that was a little bit of a, of a mindfuck for me personally last weekend. Uh, Never Better by Weather State.
So here is what I mean when I say a little bit of a mind fuck. Um, so I was listening to the opening song on Never Better. It's called Low. And while hearing it, I was kind of thinking in my mind, like, there's something familiar about this band and the way that the vocals sound, the execution of the instrumentation, that pop punk nature that feels kind of like grimy in some ways. So there's just something so familiar about it. And I was trying to think of it. And then I went to see like what else is in Weather State's discography because maybe that can help me figure out what it is that I'm trying to attach to this band. And then I got to their EP from 2016 called Dumbstruck. So um, there was a podcast I used to listen to. It's called That's Not Metal. It was uh, hosted by Bees, a, a really cool guy. Go check him out on social media. I think he does like some Twitch streams and kind of like listens to new music. Uh, you know, good dude. And uh, I was listening to that podcast six years ago, and there was some uh, rec- record that he talked about there, and I remembered pausing that episode to go check it out, and there was a song on there that like just really, really stuck with me because it's catchy while being kind of odd in the way that it's catchy, but I didn't save it. I, I could never, ever fucking remember what that song was, who the band was. All I could kind of remember was the melody in the chorus and the artwork that was like some, you know, variation of like, uh, like a, a light red and white overlay. That was all I remembered. And then so I see this EP, Dumbstruck. Okay, it came out six years ago. It has that, uh, light red and white overlaid artwork. And I'm like, there's no fucking way this is it. There is no fucking way that I've been searching for this song for six fucking years and I just happened to come across it. Uh, so I listened to uh, the second song on there. It's called Three. Uh, guys, I, I found it. This was that fucking song that I had stuck in my head for six goddamn years and I could never remember what it was. And on some bullshit luck, I found it. And that ended up being a little bit detrimental to my experience with Never Better because I just wanted to hear that song from six years ago over and over again because I was kind of able to acknowledge it as being, in my opinion, better than anything on Never Better. And that's not to say that Never Better is bad. I gave Never Better a seven and a half out of 10 on social media, and I still stand by that. Um, I'm saying that it's a good album that doesn't really do a lot to live up to my highest point with weather state i i kind of feel like there's something about the execution of weather state's style and more specifically the like drainy wary sense that you can hear in the vocal performance by uh i'm actually going to go ahead and look up the name of the vocals of weather state just so i can like be respectful and get this right i mean i guess i would have like been more respectful had i checked it out prior um Okay, so Harry Hoskins, he's the lead vocalist and also guitarist. Um, so I think with Harry's delivery, there's an audience for this with pop punk and I guess just like punk rock in general. There's definitely an audience. Um, I don't really know if I am that particular demographic um, because there were some moments with Never Better where I'm hearing his delivery and with each progressing song that doesn't shift in its style and tone, I was kind of getting a little bit bored. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think when you get to like maybe towards the end and you have like songs like, uh, like down and current dose, like within back to back succession. And then even before that panic attack and here in my hell, 
I like a lot of what is being attempted here, but then with that particular vocal style, some of it throws off those concepts, and it's not thrown off like in a way that makes those songs irredeemable, because I do like the songs for the most part. It's just hard to stand up to, say, a song like Pity Lines, which actually slows things down. Pity Lines is a lot more, not acoustic based, but just like very, very slow compared to what's happening with the rest of Never Better. Yet, that was an instance where I thought like, hey, this is speaking more to my taste than some of these other songs. And, you know, the same thing applies to a song later on called Headstone. That one is also slow, and again, also one of the highest points of this album, in my opinion. And then the title track, which comes in as track number 10, that one kind of embraces, like, a 90s style. Like, I don't want to say grunge, per se, but, like, just something about that song and the way that it goes about its ideas it reminds me so heavily of the 90s, and I adored that about the title track. It was able to capture me in a way that some of these other songs didn't. Um, the closing track, Dead Space, when I reviewed it, I gave it a 4 out of 5. I kind of just was like maybe uh, a little bit worn down by some of the material before, by the time that I got to that song, so that is what hurt it. But going back to Dead Space, like just as a song and not part of the album, I am able to appreciate that song more. I think that one does a good job at like kind of summarizing what was happening with Never Better, taking the best moments on this record and kind of morphing them into this one package that I thought overall was really good. So I probably would change that to a five now that I think about it. Um, but I kind of stay, like I said before, I'm staying true to that seven and a half score. I think uh, Never Better is a good record. There were just some things that were able to, uh, or, or not able to, like, have me latch onto the material the way that I would have liked to. A big part of that, again, was finding, uh, or rather remembering about Dumbstruck prior to me listening to this record in full. And that definitely did a lot to, um, like, hinder my experience because I'm listening to Never Better the whole time thinking, there is nothing on here that I like more than three, that song from Dumbstruck. Um, but the material here is good. I would say if you like that punk rock style, where it's like kind of a, like, um, like very bare bones in some areas, like this is right, uh, you know, up what you're looking for. Um, I don't think it's going to be a record that I think about often or go back to often, but I do not regret the time that I got to spend with Never Better, especially because it allowed me the chance to reconnect with Weather State when I didn't even know that there was already an established connection beforehand. The last album that I'm going to be talking about today is the debut record from Dead American called New Nostalgia. So kind of like what I just mentioned with uh, Weather State, there was some mindfuckery happening with my experience listening to Dead American, for the first time rather, uh, because I hadn't heard of this band beforehand. Surprise, I hadn't, given a couple of uh, little elements that I'll go into right now, but they've kind of, I don't, they've been grinding for a while. Um, their first single goes back to 2018. Uh, you know, they had some stuff, there was an EP, uh, more singles, and then it all culminates with the release of New Nostalgia last Friday. So, I'm listening to the opening song, not buying in, and immediately, like, there's something to this song 
that is able to speak to me in a way that I can tell goes beyond just the material. Like there's an, there's a connection. I'm trying to think, what is it? Like, what is it about this track and Dead American at, at large that I just feel so like already, um, drawn to? And so I just check on Google, like Dead American, and I find out that the vocalist is Cove Reber, as in ex Sayosin vocalist Cove Reber. So, and I got to mention Sayosin last week when I talked about Circus Survive. Um, so, uh, Circus Survive was fronted by Anthony Green, who was part of Sayosin for the, uh, that debut EP, Translating the Sound. And then Cove Reber replaced Anthony Green shortly thereafter, and Cove was on two albums, the self-titled from 2006 and then In Search of Solid Ground back in 2009. So that uh, self-titled Seosin album, I think, is one of the fucking pillars of scene music, and it has been for almost two decades now. That record means the world to me, guys. Like, one of my favorite albums of all time, and it established Cove as one of my favorite voices ever in the scene. Um, and then with In Search of Solid Ground, I don't adore that record as much as self-titled, but there's a song on there called Deep Down, I think it's the opener, that I have just as big of a connection to that song as I do some of my favorites off of self-titled, like You're Not Alone or Collapse. Um, so... To have this new project from Cove, like, kind of like just fall into my lap, that allowed me to kind of, I don't want to say put Dead American on a pedestal, but it paved the way for me to pay infinitely more attention to this record than I thought I was going to prior. So I just got into not buying in. Uh, not buying in ranked number one in Scenic Overlook, and so that means it will be mentioned for the top 100 songs of season two list coming out in December. So it's already cemented in my head for the rest of this year, and for good fucking reason, I think, because not buying in captures what I love so much about that old Seosin sound and how it embraces, it's post hardcore that embraces more like new age stuff. And the other thing about this record that I want to point out now, since I've already gotten to Seosin and self-titled, so the self-titled Seosin record, uh, the artwork for it, it's like this beetle, it's like a purple or black beetle on a white background. The artwork for New Nostalgia is like, like an off-white beetle on a black background, and I didn't really think about this until afterwards, and the way that I feel like maybe that pays a little bit of homage to the self-titled Seosin album, and that made me appreciate New Nostalgia even more than I already did. Um, going back to Not Buying In, that song is just so energetic, it's catchy, it feels chaotic in the right ways, in the right areas, it is exactly what I could have asked for for any band right now fronted by Cove. Uh, the second track thereafter, Choke, that one is also so heavily invested in what I was mentioning with Not Buying In, and how it feels aggressive and catchy, and just everything that, you know, I I adore about this kind of a sound. Anything different, the third track, that one slows things down, like, not dramatically, but at least like a little bit more than slightly, yet it retains the energy that I am definitely feeling at that point so far with Dead American. Um, aside from not buying in, I'm going to single out two other songs here, The Opposite and Deceivers, because I feel like those two songs, they do a lot to just like strike that nostalgic chord within me when it comes to mid to late 2000s post-hardcore, and how the instrumentation, specifically the guitar tone, reminds me so heavily of what I would have been listening to back then. Cove is incredible as always on those songs, the way that his voice just carries the choruses, it's 
God, like there's hardly any satisfying feeling in the world that I can compare to hearing something like a new band for the first time and just immediately have that love and admiration for them. There's a stretch of songs towards the end of the album that is just so untouchable in my opinion, dude. Like just fucking incredible. Uh, Full of Smoke. That one is like really, really like climbing in terms of rankings for me personally when it comes to the tracks on this album. Uh, and it's been doing that all week long. I keep going back to Full of Smoke and just uh, again, what I've been mentioning with like not buying in or Deceivers and how it like feeds into my craving for that 2000s post-hardcore sound while still being modern and i love that for full smoke uh just let go that one kind of embraces like some of the more emotional and melodic tones that i associate with post-hardcore it's very very fucking catchy very good um vertigo is also just like insane with the uh the instrumentation on that uh Raina's song lost my mind that one and the way that like how emotional and melodic those verses feel and despite being stripped back in some ways it's able to capture the essence of new nostalgia that is just so vital to like what it is that i love about scene music uh the closing song hook line sinker i think that one does a really good job at kind of taking a lot of what you heard up to that point and like morph it into this one like monstrous frankenstein type of song not frankenstein in the way that like you can hear other songs in it but like you can hear elements that make up other songs in hook line sinker and it's just incredible dude like there was so much to love about new nostalgia and i feel like there's so much about new nostalgia that i'm going to learn to love and further embrace as time progresses i already feel so strongly in favor of this album and i feel like my attachment to it can only grow from here on out i, I you know it, I, it's been on repeat all week i imagine it's going to stay on repeat for a very very long time new nostalgia did everything for me i love this record so much i cannot encourage everyone enough to go check out new nostalgia whether you have a pre-existing attachment to cove reber and seosin beforehand this record is going to do it for you i promise and that's it that was every album ep is single from last week for me to cover like i said it was a, it was a lighter week um i know the episode is still going out late but again I just kind of have like some personal shit that goes on in my mind and kind of prevents me from wanting to do anything, but I push through. That's what's important. That's all that matters. You know, keep on going, keep on fighting. I cannot emphasize that enough for all of you. Um, you know, push through. I was going to say everything will be okay, which I don't even know if I believe that for myself, but um, I believe it for you guys. Everything will be okay. Uh, I already mentioned beforehand, I recorded the recorded and released the top 10 songs from punko's pop series uh back on tuesday if you haven't checked it out uh i asked kindly that you you do if you've already listened to it thank you so much i really appreciate it um and yeah i'm gonna go ahead and sign off on this episode now and let you guys go back to doing whatever it is that you were doing beforehand probably more interesting than me talking but you know it'd be what it'd be thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode and as always for better or worse Let's make a scene.